0: There are four, count them, four moves that the Reds can make and set themselves up for some winning baseball this year. Yes, four moves. Why it can and should be done, what those four moves are, and what the obstacles are to this plan the reds also made some moves on the international signing front and they're quite interesting we're going to talk about all of that as we are fixing the reds on today's locked on reds podcast
1: you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey, welcome into another episode of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. I'm Steven Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we are Reds fans that have turned our addiction and love for this team into information for you. So on today's podcast, Jeff is going to tell us how to fix the Reds in four easy steps. Jeff, how are we going to fix the Reds? Four easy moves, Dave. I, I'm telling you here, this is like chess.
0: Like I was never this good at chess whenever I tried to play that game. You got to trade Mike Moustakas. That's obvious, right? The, the, the contract is hamstringing the small market payroll, if we want to go there, and the moves that they could possibly make. They are talking about trading Luis Castillo. They're talking about trading Tyler Malley. And they're talking about trading Sonny Gray, which we'll get to in just a minute. But they're talking about trading these guys because they are lucrative. They are the guys that are going to bring back some good prospects. But they started this whole offseason with the idea of cutting payroll, cutting money. He's the guy that if you start by trading him, you accomplish that idea while also setting yourself up with the
1: ability to go get some good dudes. Okay, I'll play along for just a minute. Uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. The Reds have to trade Mike Moustakis. I mean, I have to date Jessica Alba, also, but <laughs> I, I, I I see where you're coming from with this. Um, and and I'll get into I'll get into the the alternate side of these things a little bit later in the show. But I will say this: you're not wrong in. The fact that trading Mike Moustakas gives them some payroll flexibility. It might bring back at this point uh, another project they can work on that they might have better success with. And most importantly, I think it tells Eugenio Suarez, we still believe in you and we still think you are our everyday guy at third base. And I think that more than anything else is something positive that would come out of that because... Uh, I think that Major League Baseball players are, uh, they need to have their egos fed every once in a while. I think we've seen that across the board with Major League Baseball players. So, by doing that and telling Gino, we believe in you, we still love you, we still think you're the guy, I think maybe that motivates him a little bit too. So, you know, I, okay, I'm with you as far as if, if, we're, if we're doing fantasy trades, I'll, I'll trade Mike for whatever we can get in return.
0: That is the obvious first move here. The second move in my four-move concoction, my four ingredient dinner, if 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 you will, for Reds competition competency is they got to trade Sonny Gray and they got to trade Sonny Gray for a prospect. And I'm only thinking about one, maybe two guys. But I'm uh, let's think small for a minute here. One guy who is ready this year or next year. If you get Sonny Gray's contract off the books, which and, and I know I've gotten pushback on this, he's a one year guy. All right, he's got a team option for next season. But a team option to this front office essentially means he ain't coming back. So it's a two years of control for another team, one year of control for the Reds. So I see this as a better move for the Reds than holding on to him all year long and some kind of pipe
1: dream that they're actually going to pick up that option. Well, I do agree that if they're going to make moves, if they're going to trade away, especially if you're going to start taking pieces away from the top three of the starting rotation, what you have to get back are players that – instantly, uh, help build that young core that we've been talking about all off season. And, uh, so, so I like, I like your caveat there that what you're looking for in return for Sonny Gray is somebody that can maybe get a taste of the major leagues this season, uh, work through some of those rookie issues that a lot of players have that aren't named Jonathan India, and then have, uh, a player ready for next season that you can count on to be part of what you're trying to build for a, a five-year competitiveness window uh, to try and bring some postseason baseball back to Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't love the idea of trading one of your three horses at the top of the rotation, but I see there being uh, maybe not a significant period of time this season, but a a time period during the year that is significant enough that the Reds are going to have to figure out how to replace Sonny Gray in the rotation because he's out due to injury. I, I, hate, the, I hate the the tag, injury prone, but that's kind of where Sonny Gray is at this point in his career. He's a good pitcher when he's healthy. You can get five really, really good innings out of him, maybe a sixth solid inning, and if he's just really feeling it, maybe seven. But I'm never expecting him to go seven. You're basically just hoping he can go six at this point, but he is really, really good for those first five. That's kind of the way that the league is going. And it's kind of the way that most pitchers that are on the upper tiers, maybe not the top tier, but the upper tiers are kind of built nowadays. But part of that is he's got back problems. He's had knee problems in the past. I just, I don't want the Reds to hinge a lot of hopes on holding on to him and I think that he can bring back an interesting prospect. And one okay. more thing. And, and, and this is something too. So there's two two trade two uh trades and getting rid of guys third and fourth. I'm gonna kind of group together here because they're acquisitions. Sign a closer which I know we don't really like that term. We don't like the idea of limiting a guy to the ninth inning, but even in this case, in this scenario, if you sign a guy that you say we believe he can pitch the ninth inning, that's great. Everybody else can slide in right behind him. That's fine. Sign a closer and sign a starting outfielder. Now, I would like you to be Kyle Schwarber, but you could also sell me on a dude who's probably not going to make 20 million because the Reds aren't going to pay him 20 million, but a starting outfielder outfielder. I don't want them to hinge everything on Nixon Zell. I, I think they need to sign a closer and a starting outfielder, and those are your four moves. Trade, Mike Moustakas. Trade, Sonny Gray. Sign a closer and sign a starting outfielder. Boom. Well, and, and talking
1: about talking about signing an outfielder, I mean, you need to sign an outfielder even if Nick Senzel plays 162 games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, there's there's a big problem in right field right now, never mind center field. So uh, in your scenario, going out and getting an outfielder absolutely has to happen because Aristides Aquino isn't it. Uh, the guys that we have on the roster, you know, is Tyler Naquin going to be a guy that p- gives you 155 games in a non-platoon situation? I don't think he is. Uh, I, they're going to have to go out and get somebody. Now you talk about Schwarber. I think that what Schwarber did last season, and by the way, you knew he was from Middletown. Uh, yes. I, I yes. wasn't I think sure. I, I wasn't sure somewhere. if you did, um, but Kyle Schwarber had a really good season. And I think that he is going to be priced out of the reds range. And, Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe he wants to wrap things up in Ohio close to home. Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened, but, uh, I do agree that the outfield definitely is in need of them going out and getting somebody, uh, coming up in the next segment. I'll tell you what I think should happen there, but, uh, (laughs) but you're not wrong. You, you are absolutely right that they need to go make a move in the outfield.
0: Yeah, I think that Steve feels some kind of way about this plan here. And I think he's going to tell me exactly what he's feeling here in just a moment. Uh, You know what's going to have you feeling some sort of good way? Built Bar. Built Bar, look, it's the new year. We've all got resolutions. We're all talking about getting healthier and, and losing weight and stuff like that. Maybe dieting is a part of that. Bilt Bar is going to help you out. If yours is about getting fit and eating healthier, make sure that you include Bilt Bar in your plan. built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's better than that because it's got the amazing statistics that are going to elevate your game to the next level. Take you to the level that the Reds want to be at in 2022. We're talking about most Built Bars having around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein. Those are some power numbers right there. Check them out today at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. By week three of that diet, you're like, screw this. Give me some chocolate. Built Bars made with 100% real chocolate. Built.com. And the promo code LOCKED15 will save you 15% off your next order. On the next Locked On Reds, we are going to have Lindsey Crosby, the host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. He will join Steve and I to talk about the Reds' international signing class, something that we'll touch on a little bit later. We'll tell you about some of the guys that were signed, and he's going to talk about that, plus the strategy that the Reds have had in this international signing phase over these last couple of years that has led to their success. And I think that's going to be fun um steve i i gave you four moves i i'm getting some sort of tension here i think
1: uh or maybe some pushback maybe that's what it is buckle up buttercup no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna completely blow you out of the water and i and i love how i love how much optimism you have and 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 generally you do you see the good in this team and and i think that's great we spend way too much time pointing out the negative and, and picking things apart but you know, I am going to push back a little bit on a couple of things. First of all, we're going to start with this Mike Moustakis thing. Uh, you know, as I said in the first segment, you're not wrong in that there are positives that would come from it, and it's something that probably should happen. The fact of the matter is there's no situation at all where it can happen. The Reds are not going to trade Mike Moustakis away and give up the amount of money that it's going to take to get another organization to not only take Moustakis and his contract, but give you something back in return. Uh, they're simply not going to do that. Bob's not going to trade away Mike, and pay half of his salary for him to pay for some play for somebody else. That's just not going to happen. That's out the window. So the best scenario with Mike Moustakis is to put him in a platoon. Utilizing both the third base slot and the designated hitter position. And get him his at-bats that way. And like you said, maybe he catches fire. Maybe we see something exciting. And then towards the all-star break, he actually has some value that you can move him along with. Is there any scenario in which...
0: And I'm talking about a dude outside the top 30. I'm not talking about any prospect that we talk about on a regular basis. I know that they said they're not going to package prospects, but I think that there's got to be some sort of gray area there. It's not black and white An outside the top 30 guy. And you get back a player to be named later and you just get rid of that contract.
1: Now, I think the time is just absolutely horrible for that. He's, he's coming off one of the, the worst performances of his career that was laden with injuries. And, uh, I just can't see moving that contract. Why? I mean, why if you're another, just th- let's, let's move outside of being Nick crawl for a minute. If you're any other general manager in the sport, why do you take that phone call and not giggle when Nick's like, Hey, I want to talk to you about Mike Moustakis. Uh, there's, there's no way like, yeah. you know, the answer back's going to be, well, if we're talking about including Luis Castillo, then maybe we can have a conversation. Uh, it's just, it's just not the right time. So, so I don't, I don't disagree with you on Moustakis, but, uh, I just don't see that that's going to happen as for your second, uh, proposal. In trading, Sonny Gray. Listen, if if we got to trade somebody out of that rotation, then I think Sonny Gray, we're in agreement, is where you start. Uh, he can be traded with his contract that he has and still bring you a very good prospect in return. I agree with you that it needs to be somebody that can play a little bit this year and can be your, uh, a starter the following year to join that nice young core of people. Uh, here's where I differ with you just a little bit. Um, I'm a little reluctant to make a move like that uh, in the off season, I really feel like this is something that needs to be made either at the end of spring training or more into the season. And the reason for that is uh, I think teams will be willing to pay a little bit more if they're looking to add a horse like Sonny uh, because they're in a pennant race, because they're trying to make a push to win their division. And the other piece of it is, listen. I am just like everybody else in my love for Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. I think both of those guys are going to be studs. But we've said that before. We've talked that way about other pitchers coming up through the organization and then they get here and they can't hit the broadside of a barn. And I don't think that's going to happen with these two prospects. But, you know, my good buddy Bill Lack over at uh, the Riverfront, uh, who is basically the, the godfather of you know, the Cincinnati Reds online community that has developed since the 90s. Uh, He always said uh, in our original email listserv group, I'm from Missouri, you have to show me. And that's exactly what I need from both Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. They need to show me. So I want them to come to spring training and show me that this is their time. I want them to come into the 2022 baseball season, show me, and then suddenly make it very clear we have a surplus of pitching. Once they do that, then we start moving guys. We trade Sonny Gray. We talk about trading Luis Castillo. We talk about trading Tyler Malley to free up the spots in the rotation for those guys. That's
0: fair. And, and I, I guess, too, like, if you get me thinking at least a little bit more objectively than optimistically, I, I would agree that Hunter Green and Nick Ladello, even if they are fantastic, will run into that same wall that Vladimir Gutierrez ran into this last season, where about midway through September, he just... He was going out there and giving everything he had, but everything that he had was a lot less than what he was able to give like back in July and stuff like that. Like the games that he was able to really dominate and really pitch well, he just didn't have that. And you saw that in September. And I think that, you know, as talented as Hunter Green and Ladello are, they've never pitched this much that. If they were to be on the starting rotation in opening day and pitch the entire year, there will be some point in September where they're just going to be like, Ooh, all right. I think uh, this has been a long season a little bit here. So yeah, I can can see that, that, you know, training Sonny Gray and officially handing them the reins doesn't necessarily guarantee that this pitching staff is still going to be playoff worthy come September.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, now digging into your three and four, which you combined, talking about bringing in a closer and bringing in an outfielder. Let's start with the outfielder because I think that's probably more likely and it is, it's is—it's a big need right now. Uh, you talk about Kyle Schwarber. I think that Kyle Schwarber is going to be a little cost prohibitive uh, in being able to bring him in here. But I have long advocated that the Reds need to go out and get a player something in the mold of an Andrew McCutcheon that can come in, play center, can play right, a, a right-handed bat that you can then platoon with a Tyler Naquin, and and between the two of them have a really good either corner outfielder or center fielder. Now, I, I know we all continue to hope that Nick Senzel figures out his personal training regime and stays healthy and can really show us what he's got. Uh, I was looking at his numbers before the show, and – uh, outside of that initial call up rookie campaign i really don't think he's had uh, enough time in the bigs to really show us what he's going to be all about so yeah. it's it's less even now uh, an argument of let's get nick senzel back to to play that position and do um even if he's healthy i don't know what we've got in him anymore so uh, They need to address at least one of those outfield positions uh, without Nick Senzel really factoring into the equation at all. I think that's right field that you're looking at. And I think that you platoon a really good right hander uh, that's not going to be, you know, elite money, but something that the Reds might actually go out and do and uh, build yourself a player in in a platoon situation as far as. Your rotation or It's not rotation But your bullpen idea uh, it's, it's not going to happen It's going to be just another a round of Retreads Projects And rebuilds And see if Derek Johnson can go out And identify somebody That he thinks has a flaw That he can fix You and I both know That's right Jeff You can You can You can wish it And it's not going to make it so uh, Our only hope In the bullpen rebuild Is that Derek Johnson You know Can find some oil Underground And, and fix things <sighs>
0: I don't I'm want sorry. to go
1: through that again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I hear, no, I hear yeah. Steve Avery is oh. available.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they're they're going to call Eric Gagne, see if he wants to come out of retirement. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I definitely don't disagree with you. Like reality will set in on that one, and they're probably not going to. Like I, I keep thinking, I'm like, well, the Diamondbacks signed Mark Melanson. Maybe we could sign somebody, but. Uh, no, I, I I would still like I mean McCutcheon would fall right into my plan in there too. I I think that a platoon situation of a McCutcheon type player with Tyler Aquin kind of builds out that starting outfielder that I'm thinking of and at least gives somebody to not make the Reds feel as though they are backed into a corner with Nixon Zell. Nixon Zell is somebody that I want to talk about in a bunch of different ways. And this is something that we're going to kind of cover some different angles of Nick Zell's story for 2022. We're going to talk about that as we move through this lockout and hopefully into spring training and things like that, because I, I, I just feel like the only reason that the reds are committing to him is they they've
1: got nobody else. This is like, you know, the other piece of that too, Jeff is that they, they, I mean, really there's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of time, invested in Nick Senzel and giving up on Nick Senzel makes a lot of people look bad and I can totally see how the Reds aren't ready to do that but if you are if you're looking at Nick Senzel and you think that uh, he is going to be your 155 game center fielder and give you uh, you know 140 OPS plus you know I don't think that's a bet that I'm willing to make but if you're willing to make that bet head over to betonline.ag because they are starting off the new betting year with a good deal for you. You can use the promo code Locked On, and they're gonna give you a 50% welcome bonus for whatever your initial deposit is. That is free money on the house to make the bets that you wanna make. And if you wanna throw that at Nick Senzel playing 155 games, you can do that. But uh, I don't know that I would. Instead, I would look into all the other sports they've got on there for you. Right now, the NFL playoffs are underway. There's lots of good action there. There's basketball, there's hockey, they've got boxing, they've got UFC. They've got all the things they've got in Vegas including the casino games. So head over to betonline.ag enter the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome, welcome bonus and uh good luck. All right, Jeff, it's uh it's been a very interesting week in Cincinnati sports. Uh, not only did we have the first lockout meeting that really didn't go anywhere in the hopes that the Reds would be returning to action. But so exciting. May or you may or may not have noticed that uh, our friends across the Dora, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they did something that um, I had forgotten was possible after 31 years since 1991, the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game and uh you know a little bit of something about that. There were two very important people there. One of them was named Jeff Carr and the other one was named Okay. Jonathan India. Right. There so he I'm is. Sure. Jonathan India. You know, uh, Jonathan India showed up at the playoff game and not only did he show up at the playoff game, he's down there tailgating in the lot. He is posing for pictures. He is who daying it up with the best of them. And uh, because you were there and because, uh, you know, this is a moment that really just is Cincinnati sports. It's It's yeah. more than just baseball. It's more than just it's more than just what we talk about here covering the Reds. It's about a city that has been beaten and badgered and made fun of and ridiculed for this ridiculous absence of postseason sports and the Cincinnati Bengals have finally done a little something to help us out with that Uh, this coming on the heels of the Bearcats doing what they did this year Uh, there's finally some some good things to talk about and uh you know, I love that the Reds embraced what was going on with the Bengals. I don't know if you saw the pictures on social media with Great American Ballpark all decked out in its stripes. I thought that was super cool that the that the Reds did that, that, you know, Reds players were up here in town mingling with the fans and really enjoying the, the playoff atmosphere. Uh, it was just really exciting. And after this drought, you know, it, it, it made my heart feel good, Jeff. So what was it like being there in the middle of it?
0: That was a day that I will never forget see. And it's funny cause seeing those pictures of Jonathan India at the tailgate, I, that was like the one tailgate that I didn't stop at just being in the stadium. It was so loud and everybody was just hanging on every single moment. Like they, they talk about playoff atmospheres in every single sport and you always feel it on TV, but it's just, there's something about being at the stadium. Like there is nothing else. Like, I went back to the car and finally looked at my phone for like the first time in four and a half hours and had all of this different stuff. And I'm like, I didn't even feel my phone go off. Like it was just, just so focused on the game and absolutely amazing atmosphere. And I never yelled loud enough in my life. And to be honest with you, I'm a little bit glad that our schedule ended up, that this is our first episode of the week, because if we tried to do one on Monday, that would have sounded hilarious. Like, batman was your co-host or something like i i just it, it was so much fun i'm and actually kind of sad we missed out on that jeff i would love to hear
1: <laughs> i would love to have heard that where is she
0: no yeah you know I i don't know um that was just an amazing day though just I, I, oh, i'll never forget it
1: well I'm, I'm glad you got to experience that jeff it's uh it's something that uh that i think the city needed the fan base needed and and you know, there's a lot of people out there now and I know you're included in this category that don't remember the 1990 World Series run. I mean, you were technically around for it, but you don't remember it. And then, yeah. you know, guys like myself and and Chad Dotson and, you know, that group of fans that we were all in late middle school, early high school time frame when the Reds won that World Series. And so we remember it and we lived it and we felt that joy and it was just so great to see some joy back in Cincinnati and back amongst the fan base. And I hope, I hope that that joy continues for the Bengals fans. And I hope that maybe it becomes a little inspiration for our friends in the Cincinnati Reds front office to go out and do some things so that they too can have a full electrified stadium for each and every home game.
0: And it's so key too because I believe, and obviously, locked on Bengals can speak more to this, but I don't believe it's a fluke. I don't believe that this is something that they just snuck by in a playoff game. And okay, here we go. We're starting another 31 years without it. I, I think that this is a team that's going to be around for a while. And but but even on the other side of that coin is that I had a friend who was a big Titans fan text me whenever it was official that they're going to Nashville. And he said, welcome to Nashville. Hopefully the place where all Bengals fans dreams go to die. And I'm like, buddy, we ain't never imagined going to the second round of the playoffs.
1: So I have no idea. (laughs) Well, listen, Jeff, one of the things that the, that the Bengals did to, to get into this position is go out and get a lot of young talent and, uh, really change the way they were doing things. And, We did want to talk or at least mention a little bit today that the the Reds are still trying to do that. They are going out and getting some youngsters and and trying to bring in some talent from different sources. And uh, that, of course, was the international signings that we saw this week where the Reds really did hit it big on a couple of their international signings uh, in a way that, you know, while it's not going to help the team tomorrow it at least gives you hope that there are some more guys coming up the pipeline. And it does show us that even though there is a lockout going on, uh, the reds organization is still doing things to try to improve things for years to come. Exactly. Steve. And, and when you look at the guys
0: that they signed the, the headliner of this entire list, and, and we're going to talk a lot more in depth tomorrow about this with Lindsey Crosby from locked on MLB prospects, but Ricardo Cabrera, Currently a shortstop. He's six foot one seventy five. It's seventeen years old. So there's still probably a chance that he even, you know, grows a little bit, probably grows out of the shortstop position. But they say he's got a real shot to be a five tool guy and the kind of guy that you can really hang your hat on him. He's top three, according to MLB pipeline and MLB, uh, prospectus, I think, uh, or no baseball America, sorry, baseball America had him as the third best dude in the international signing pool. And they got a lot of, uh, different guys. There's one dude, uh, that I kind of earmarked as well. His signing became official actually on Monday. Uh, But he and he's the only guy who his signing bonus was uh, reported so far. And his signing bonus was of eight hundred thousand dollars. And that was something that I read. Uh, from uh, folks who really know what they're talking about when it comes to the international signing period, they said that, you know, look at the bonuses. Like, you might read a scouting report that just seems super glowing, and it sounds like this guy's going to be the next Willie Mays or something, but the signing bonus will really tell you something about it, where they believe this dude's talent is. And the Reds' pool, so far as the signing bonus, as far as their money goes, was $5 million. They gave this dude almost a fifth of it. And that is Smith Pineda, who is an outfielder, and his power. They said he's a he's a big power bat, and he could really grow into be a like really nice home run hitter uh, down the road. But again, a lot of these guys that we're talking about five, six years down the road before we see them in the major leagues. It's just kind of fun that to know that they are filling their uh, farm system with these types of really exciting prospects and guys that. Vladimir Gutierrez like everybody always thinks of Aroldis Chapman of course but there's been plenty of other guys as well and Vladimir Gutierrez is one of the most recent success stories
1: you know I think it's also important to remember when we're talking about these guys you know you mentioned how young they are they're 18 years old uh, they've played a lot of baseball already. And what they've demonstrated is that they are very athletic and they have a lot of baseball ability. So I try not to get too hung up on, Oh, this guy's good. The shortstop, this, this he plays that position because like you said, in in most cases, these are, these are, these are kids. These are kids that are still growing. they their their body is not done, uh, developing out and they're going to bulk up and they're going to grow a little bit taller. So, uh, What we don't know, you know, just an example with the shortstop. What we don't know is if he's going to be a shortstop or not. But what we do know is that he can hit the ball. What we do know that is he's very athletic. What we do know is a lot of smart baseball people put eyes on him and thought this is a guy that we need to have in our organization to the point that he's rated as number three. Uh, So that, you know, that's not that's not the red saying that he's number three. That's baseball. That's Major League Baseball. And it's various scouts and and analytics saying this guy's number three so i'm really excited about signings like that it's something to look to to be a little bit excited about and also find areas of the organization that we can agree are doing things right and signing the number three guy in the international pool is doing things right
0: yeah and that that's something that can't be over you know it can't be overstated enough i think is that the Reds, while they don't go out and spend $25 million a year on a guy or just sign these crazy contracts that we wish they would because we wish they would you know, bring back Nick Castellanos and we wish that they would go get guys like that that can help them get into the playoffs this next season, they still do plenty of other good stuff. And it's something like what Tom Nichols said. They've really put together a nice development staff and a good st- and a good scouting staff. And a lot of it has really panned out when it comes to this international signing period. And that's something that Lindsey Crosby is going
1: to tell us a lot more about on tomorrow's episode. I'm looking forward to talking to Lindsey because, you know, it's hard. Baseball is so expansive. There's so many players. There's so many levels. Uh, and 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 with the international signings, these are clearly you know guys that not a lot of us have seen. So I'm looking forward to to hearing his take on it and uh, and, and learning a few things about a player that I don't know. I'm I'm i am i can not wait to I can't wait to sit down and talk with him tomorrow.
0: He's one dude that knows his stuff. And I tell you what, though, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, the next episode of Locked On Reds, just like we said, Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MOB Prospects will join us to talk about the international signing period, Ricardo Cabrera, Esmith Pineda, and so much more. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Now make Locked on Bets your second listen as your boy Q and Lee Sterling help you make a couple of bucks over at betonline.ag. That's Locked on Bets, just like Locked on Reds, free and available on all platforms. It might be the offseason, and we might be locked out, but we are
1: Locked on Reds how often, Steve? We are Locked on Reds every single day. See you next time.